0: Welcome back to The Forge, where we are studying the book of James. We're going to pick it up in James chapter 4, which is where we were supposed to be in the previous podcast. However, I sort of got fixated on one verse, and from there I went off script as I give in the description of the last podcast. I do use notes when I'm going through these teachings. However, I felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to bring out the reality of the gospel of jesus christ i decided to keep it in the podcast not to delete it but to actually go ahead and post it because i really believe that someone listening either now or maybe in the future will hear this and and the holy spirit might use it to speak to their heart so we went ahead and left it in there but we are going to pick up with james chapter 4 um, and before we do As has become my practice, I want to give a brief review over what we've covered up to this point. Our approach to James has been one of thinking of it in a testing kind of a theme. There is a sequence of tests that we can go through in the book of James as We cover it verse by verse. The first test you will remember was a test of faith found in chapter 1. The test of faith. Second and third tests were also found in the first chapter of James. The test of obedience. And then the test of true religion. Moving on from there, we picked it up with a test of brotherly love in chapter 2. And then we talked about the test of good works. Careful to emphasize there that we are not saying that good works save us, but that because we are saved, that good works will follow. And we talked about evaluating while I'm on this subject, because I can certainly do good works, and I can fool you. I can fool others. While it can be seen as evidence of a Christian life, I can also be a non-Christian putting on a really good show. So, we need to be sure and check ourselves, check our own heart, which leads us to the next test here in James chapter 4, the test of motivation, which goes hand in hand with everything that has proceeded up to this point. So, good works certainly are just that, they are good works, but now we're going to look at motivation. Because as Jesus has pointed out to us in many places, as we've already covered, it is about your motivation. It is about the condition of the heart. It's not so much about a list of rights and wrongs or I can do this and I cannot do that. And if I keep this list, then I'm going to be a good person. And if I break this list, then I'm not a good person. No, it's more of what's going on in the heart. So, we're going to take a look here at James chapter 4, starting in verse 1, and we are going to read the whole chapter yet again. Even though we read it in the previous podcast, I do think it's necessary for us to read it yet again. Chapter 4, verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace? Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So we are going to take a verse by verse approach to this. I do want to point out three words to you here in the book of James and those words It's actually one word in three different places and that word is therefore, therefore. And one of the things that we say as Christians when you're reading through the scriptures and you come to the word therefore, you need to find out what it is therefore. Why am I bringing that up? Because this has to do with context. It has to do with keeping scripture firmly planted in context. Often when you read the word therefore, what you should be doing is reading the preceding verses to that. So our first therefore happens in verse 6. He says, therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And the reason James says therefore is because he has laid out a case prior to that. So that happens in verse 6. So to understand that, you need to read verses 1 through 5. And the same is true for verse seven, because he says another, therefore, well, when does that come? It comes right after God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then James says, therefore, submit to God. Therefore, submit to God. Well, why is he saying that? Because God resists the proud. So don't be proud. Humble yourself before the Lord. And that's why he says, therefore, submit to to God. And the same thing happens in verse 17. It says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him, it is sin. Well, to understand that sentence right there, I need to go back and read the verses from verse 7 all the way through verse 17 that precede that particular word, therefore, that will explain what the word therefore is doing. So with that said, let's go back Beginning at verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1, we really see a rebuke of worldliness here, a rebuke of worldliness, a rebuke of the desire to seek after really material things and money. See, our human nature loves to be in competition and loves to fight. And maybe you think you don't, and that's fine if you want to think that. But deep down inside of all of us, there's something in us that wants to fight. But God has a higher call for us. And to be clear, the, the fighting that I'm talking about here is, is not really necessarily uh, warfare, a nation against nation, or even neighbor against neighbor, or an ideology against another ideology, or politics, or any of that. Really what I'm talking about here is a fight that happens internally. It is the fight between the new life in Christ that you have as a Christian and your sinful nature, which is still there residing in your heart. There's a conflict. And these desires that we have for material things, you know, I'm not saying, and there are Christians who do believe this, That, you know, they must take a vow of poverty and somehow that uh, God doesn't mean for them to actually uh, work or go out and get a conventional job. And that if they have too much money in a savings account or or they are providing in a good way, somehow this is seen as um, a wrongful pursuit that's not what's wrong folks we are to provide for ourselves and our family we are to work i personally believe that god has put us on this planet to work that is one of the things that we are to do is to work but what we're talking about here is a desire that gets completely out of proportion when that bank account becomes my god remember we talked about having god's false gods before the one true living god we talked about setting up an idol for our so whatever it may be it may be money it may be a large uh, retirement plan or retirement account a bigger house or whatever um, whatever it is we are not to let that thing have control over us think about addiction whether it be to drugs or alcohol you know there are people that are addicted to materialism. They love money, and Jesus tells us that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. He doesn't say having money is equivalent to evil. He says that your love of money is the root of evil, and that's an important distinction. It lines up perfectly with what James is telling us here, because that which is wrong, if we are not careful, will become our passion. It will become our quest. And then we can become jealous of others. And we begin to hoard uh, what we have. And we begin to covet what others have. And of course, there is the television series where they have uh, hoarders on. And I really don't like reality TV shows. I really don't like shows like hoarders and things like that, although I have seen a few episodes, the reason that I don't like those things is because they tend to uh, take other folks who are in misery or in sad conditions and sad places and they turn their uh, misery really into entertainment for others. While I do find it interesting and I do hope that people are somehow reached and helped with those types of programs I find that far too often it's really about the entertainment value and less about helping your fellow man. You have people who really, when when you get down to these hoarders and uh, some of these episodes that I have seen, really what begins to happen there is they become controlled. They become addicted to having and keeping things right down to their garbage right down to um just nasty food that is rotten and molded and should be thrown out they begin to live in a situation that is physically unhealthy the very air that they are breathing inside their house is toxic air and it really does paint a picture if you've ever seen one of those type shows that i'm talking about of the spiritual condition that we are in When we begin to lust after things that we are not to have. The book of James is addressed to Christians. So we're not talking to people who are non-believers here. We're talking to people who are Christians. We're talking to the church. And we are... The the folks that James is addressing here, and I certainly believe that that this applies to us today, we are ignoring God. We are forsaking his call on our lives. We are forsaking his wisdom. And then when we do ask, according to what James says here, our motives are skewed. Our We're not asking for the right uh, reasons. Our passions are misdirected, and we're seeking our own personal pleasure and self, and we're not interested in a christian godly outcome and his mission for us he calls them here he says you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures then he says adulterers and adulteresses james tells us outright here that our desires which are contrary to god's desires are adultery that we are cheating on him with the mistress of our own evil plans and notions we become enemies of the very god that saved us we would forsake him and his plan for our lives for some fleeting thing some something that's really just futile in all of its efforts so as we read james chapter 4 here ask yourself some questions what are you passionate about what is driving you are you embracing a non-biblical worldview of life and culture and society or are you embracing a biblical view what is your motivation remember this is going to be the chapter on the test of motivation so look the role of lust in verses 1-5 through the role of lust wars and fights he talks about here you know war here is thought to be an exaggeration for the purpose of emphasis um, and making a point but i gotta be honest i wonder if that's really an accurate way because really when you think about actual warfare it all comes down to wanting something that is not yours whether that is a a natural resource in another land or one nation wants to broaden its borders or increase its influence on another nation. Why is it? It almost always comes back to money. And I've even heard that war is an acronym which stands for we are right. We're going to go to war. Why? Because we are right. W-A-R. But in fact, we're wrong. I've seen conflicts within families and among some people that are so-called Christians and it can all be boiled down to one thing and it's pride, really pride. Pride is almost always rooted in an out of control desire or lust. It leads to division and strife and the very things that James is addressing here. These are symptoms of the heart. Have you ever seen or heard of or been a part of something like a church split? I'd call that war. Why? Because one side, one faction has kind of dug their feet in and said, we are right, and the other side says, no, we are right. And these things really should never be in a body of believers, but they are. And for those outside the church who may be listening I know because I have heard it from many different people over the years. And I was in ministry, uh, vocational, what we would call full-time ministry for almost 10 full years. And during that time, I cannot tell you the number of times uh, that I have heard or seen something where someone would say the People who call themselves Christians, the people that go to that church building over there, they are fighting among themselves. And I don't want to have anything to do with it. I can get along better and be at peace with my neighbor better than the people who call themselves Christians. I mean, we've all heard things like that. Maybe not those exact words, but something very, very similar. And Christians, these things ought not be. Murder. James... Uh, is pointing out here he goes as far as to say murder why do you think he uses the word murder well because jesus his half brother and savior by the way tells us that if we hate someone we are a murderer so as a christian you don't have the option to hate someone now you might think you can hold on to your hate and you'll still have an okay relationship with the Lord. And maybe you can go on a little while like that, but eventually the Holy Spirit is going to deal with you about the hate in your heart. And if you hate, according to the word of God, it is equivalent to murder. First John four twenty says that if you say you love God, but you hate your brother, you are a liar. Look at the commandments that are being broken here. murder. Lying. So let's move on to think about desires because he says here that we ask amiss that we may spend it on our own pleasure. Again, what is your desire? What is your motivation? You know, I think of hedonism. Hedonism actually is a code of ethics or school of ethics. It's not the ethics that I espouse, but it is by definition, ethics. And it's a particular ethic which argues that uh, pleasure is the only intrinsic good. So it's used as the justification for evaluating actions. So the actions are evaluated in how much pleasure and how little pain or suffering my actions will Produce. So, in very simple terms, a hedonist is just someone who is striving to maximize his or her own pleasure. And the Roman government, the Roman people, were obsessed with seeking after pleasure. Which is interesting that James is talking about these kinds of desires. At the time that this was written, uh, the Roman Empire is in... Uh, full um, power, you might say. They're at the peak of the Roman Empire at this point. But today, in my honest opinion, it seems that Americans are just as obsessed with the concept of hedonism. Um, We feel like we need things. We deserve things. And the truth is, we don't need them. And we certainly don't deserve them. And it could be... You know, I think about... uh, Entertainment and the latest electronic gadgets, uh, the latest entertainment uh, console or television that you could have. I remember HD TV uh, was the greatest thing, and uh, and I don't even know where we are in the development of that, but I know that as soon as you invest in anything in the electronics uh, field uh, in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you're outdated. So we feel like as Americans that we need the fastest car, the biggest boat, the latest gizmo, whatever it is. And maybe this is something that you don't personally struggle with, but I can tell you that our entire society is built on consumerism. We want something with the latest bells and buzzers, so to speak. Everything in America is to be supersized. And if you don't believe me, uh, just go to... A fast food restaurant where the very term super size has come from. Go get a cup of coffee at Starbucks and they have sizes there Grande and Venti. And uh, it used to be medium and large, but Grande is the new medium. Venti is the new extra large, I guess. But this is what gets in the way of our growth um, in Christ and his call for us. It is this hedonistic attitude, and it is what James is addressing here. We are to have desires. We are supposed to want things. What are we supposed to want? Well, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we are supposed to want gifts from the Lord and not from the world. We know that any time we desire something and now when I use the word desire here please do not misunderstand me there are certain things that we all desire and it doesn't make us sinful I desire to eat I desire to live I desire to take care of myself but whenever this becomes the driving force and it becomes the controlling force and it becomes the God that I worship I know that I have gone off the path, and I do not align with his love and his grace and his mercy and really his teachings. And so we find ourselves at a great place now to pause, and we will pick it up in the next podcast, James chapter 4, verse 7. We will begin at verse 7 and i sincerely desire as always that this ministry is an encouragement to you that you will be challenged not by what i have said or my opinions but that you are challenged by the word of god what is your motivation dear christian examine yourself before the word of god what is it that is driving you what are your passions what is your quest? Have you fully submitted it to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? So until the next podcast, God bless you.